0: Welcome back to Let Freedom Reign podcast, the official equine industry podcast of Day Six Ranch. I'm your host, Jason Swick. And on this show, we discuss leadership, self-mastery, and discipleship from topics and perspectives exclusive to the equine industry. If you are looking to build a legacy-worthy lifestyle, we encourage you to visit day6ranch.com and explore our free content, other podcasts, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. We thank you for joining us on this adventure. Welcome everybody to another week here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. As you probably noticed, last week we did not release an episode. That's because we were up spending time at the Triangle Sea Ranch in Wyoming. It was an amazing opportunity for our family and a great chance to fellowship and network with some great people in beautiful country. Now the ranch is quite a ways out and cell phone service is hard to come by, thus making it difficult for us to record. And I know summer's coming to a close, but if you're looking for a wonderful ranch to spend some time at, I encourage you to visit TriangleC.com. There you can see all the activities, amenities, and lodging the Triangle C has to offer. Now today is week four of the Horses and Heroes riding program at Victory Therapy Center. Veterans Point and India 6-8 have put together an exciting program, and I'm blessed with the opportunity to contribute and help vets with some of their first experiences riding horses. Today, Ricky Pigott will be out teaching the bunch a little bit about the sport of reined cow horse. Ricky was recently featured in episode 113, and I know we're going to have another amazing day of working horses. We are in the final stages of solidifying the details for the August 26th Free Liberty Workshop with Versatile Horsemanship. This will be a free one-day event to veterans, first responders, and their family members where we provide an introductory education to the power and versatility of Liberty Horsemanship. Registration will be opening soon, and stay tuned through Versatile Horsemanship and Day Six Ranch social media to have first shot at registration. Coming up in September, specifically the 7th through the 9th, we will be at the Fort Worth Mustang Show. The Will Rogers Coliseum in Fort Worth Texas. We have some exciting news that we're hoping to release this week pertaining to our involvement in the event. For more on The Mustang Show visit the com to get up-to-date information on show schedules, tickets, and opportunities to get involved in the Mustang world. Now this week on Let Freedom Rain podcast we feature Steve Stone. Steve runs Milestone Ranch which is about two hours south of us here in Texas. At the ranch, he pours into and mentors young men who have aged out of foster care programs, but are still hungry to learn quality life skills and learn from the Western way of life. Steve also runs the Bucking Horse Breeders Association, which is a registry for professional bucking horses. The Breeders Association also has the Freedom Foundation, and the Freedom Foundation is an opportunity that Steve has leveraged to combat international human trafficking. For all that Steve has to offer, you can visit milestoneranch.org buckandhorsebreeders.com, and bhbafreedom.com to get involved. Steve's testimony is an amazing example of the reality and beauty of redemption. God has definitely taken him on one wild ride, and we covered a lot of ground in this episode. We hate to keep y'all waiting any longer. Here is episode number one of a two-part series with Steve Stone. Man, it sure has been a long while since we last talked, and uh, dare I ask a question of what's new in your life? <coughs>
1: Yeah, that, that if I if I talk to you every week it would change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, which uh, is a good thing,
0: right? We can make a new weekly segment. What's new with Steve Stone?
1: Yeah, man. It's it's a, it's uh yeah, it's daily. It's That's daily weird. around here for sure. And it's all and it's, for the better. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to to, to uh you know, to live life like this, like I get
0: to live. Heck yeah, sure. and I know this I know this episode's gosh, maybe even years in the making now. We've been talking about getting together and recording a show, and we first got connected through the Legacy Group, and then we had this common interest in combating human trafficking, and we'll get into that and build that out as the show comes along. But, Steve, let's dive into – I want to just jump right into a little bit of your history and your upbringing, and then we'll get through the evolution of all that you have going on when you talk about those weekly updates.
1: Yeah, so, my, I mean, I grew up, honestly, probably like a lot of people did, and just, just – Maybe blue-collar America, like just my working class, you know, maybe middle, lower middle class, just <laughs> regular old neighborhood, right? Yes, sir. Um, I, I didn't – I just grew up with both my parents. I have an older brother, younger sister, but I grew up in just you know, regular neighborhood. My parents got divorced when I was 12, and it kind of spun me out for – Man, almost 10 years i mean like my teenage years were a blur it was not it's not good and uh and and leading up to that i'd never even uh i'd never even seen my parents argue so really at 12 and man when they got divorced i was just like i, I couldn't process it but yeah, you talk about your world getting flipped upside down oh man it was just it was brutal uh, at the time you know it was just it, it really was i man i so anyway, it my teenage years were a blur. Like, and maybe, maybe when we get to the end of this interview, I'll go back and tell you about. Well, no, I'll just tell you now. I'll tell you this: at, at, as my teenage years were full of just, oh man, just total rebellion. But it was, but now looking back, I realize it was because if my, I was so hurt by what was going on they my parents that I I was willing to do nothing that they wanted me to do. Really? If, I, if it made them happy.
0: You're going to run the other way.
1: No, I didn't do that. So <laughs> long story short, man, um, you, you'll see that I've gotten to do a, a lot of cool stuff in my life and all that. I've been super blessed because God intervened and redemption is real and I got to live it and I'm still living it. But I'll say that I. Uh, I have an eighth grade education. That's the last grade I finished. No kidding. Yeah.
0: That's incredible. And I've had several guests on this show. I mean, obviously, I came up in a generation where formal education was everything. And you're not going to make anything in this world unless you have a bachelor's degree or higher. And Yeah. my, My biggest motivation and inspiration is how many guests I've had on this show. I mean, eighth grade is pretty far for some of them. I mean, we're talking fourth, fifth, sixth grade for a lot of them that go on and have this entrepreneurial spirit and yes, education is important to get me wrong. I'm not saying that we need to just quit school and run around, but even if you're dealt that difficult hand of not having an an environment that's conducive to education or keeping you in school for, for extended education, Uh that doesn't paint your picture. That doesn't mean you're not going to be nothing. That's for dang sure. Man, it
1: really doesn't. And here's the thing: I'm all, I'm all for education. I mean, literally, I'm 100 percent for education. I also don't think schools the only thing that provides that.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Life experiential learning definitely has its uh, advantages. Oh, yeah, both good sure. and bad. So let's talk about coming out of those teenage and those rebellious years. Yeah. When did you start to find yourself or you talked about, you know, God intervening? Can we discuss kind of those chapters where you realize that, hold on, I'm, I'm banging my head against the wall. Let's see if we can't figure some stuff
1: out. Yeah. So I really wasn't, um, the beautiful thing about me finding the Lord or, or giving my heart to Jesus as I wasn't looking. So I, in my teenage years, I started. That's when I. That's when I really got involved in the sport of rodeo, and you know, that's and I'm still we're still pretty uh, involved in that in that space. But so when I was so I was I was rodeoing. I was I was uh, riding bareback horses all through my teenage years and whatnot. And when I got to be, I don't, let me think. I was 21. So it was in 1991, and uh, I, I wanted to go to this. I, my riding was I wasn't really I mean I was placing here and there but I wasn't doing that great so I was like man I want to go to the like a rodeo school or to some dudes that like you know where you go spend two or three days and you get on bucking horses every day and, and then you critique it at night with these pros and all this so anyway back then this is in the early 90s Clint Corey bareback rider was this world champ I mean he was just the deal back then right so they were doing this, I saw in the rodeo times. This was back before before Al Gore invented the internet. <laughs> anyway, so but like you got this paper every month, the Rodeo Times, and you, you you that's how you entered rodeos back then, man. It was just anyway, and, and there there was an advertisement about this rodeo school. And it was like Clint Corey, Cody Custer, Tom Reeves are teaching this Roughstock school, and, and and it's a Roughstock school in Bible Camp. And I was like, well, I don't really care anything about the Bible camp. Yeah, I'm gonna but, go but buck some horses, So, but, but if I can go get on a few horses every day for a few days in a row with with Clint Corey there, not only just meet him, but like have him instruct me, and I, I was just like, I'm in there. So, so anyway, I go to that I go to that school and spend a couple of days there. The dude that I stayed with there, I, dude, I was so broke, like I, I didn't have any money. I didn't. I I, I went out there. When I called into the thing, I I got a hold of this guy that, was, that sounded like he was about my age, and he was. But he was like, "Man, if you don't, if you need somewhere to stay, you stay with me." And I said, "Man, I appreciate it." Okay, so I got there and I stayed with this guy, and this guy had the joy of the Lord on him on his life. I'm telling you, he carried the presence of God in such a way that I was like, "Man, I don't know what this." I'm telling myself, "It's like I don't know what this dude has, but whatever it is, I want it." Yeah, heck yeah. I, 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 I couldn't explain it and you know then for sure I couldn't explain it because I had no idea what it was I literally didn't know you know at this time I didn't know the Old Testament from the New Testament from I, I knew nothing about other than I knew that, like, Christmas was the birth of Jesus, but, like, I didn't know who he was.
0: hmm
1: hmm I just knew, yeah. you know, that's what we celebrate because that's what we do. And that's it's a cultural thing, yeah. It's a cultural thing. And, like, Easter had something to do with him, but, like, it was more about hunting Easter. I mean, I just didn't know anything about any, any kind of uh, spiritual uh, stuff at all. Heck, we've all been there. Like, yeah, man, I was like, so, he, so I just knew that, man, this guy has a, a joy that, like there's just something about it but anyway I got to hang out with him for a couple of days and I got to go to school and get on a bunch of bucking horses and by the end of the whole school uh, it actually he was he was actually attending it as well and we ended up going into a ride off at the end and he won first and I won second it was a pretty cool week that's cool but but the cool thing was was like that night we would get in this room and we would show video and maybe take it and whatever and we, and, and, and uh, Cody Custer and, and guys got up and gave their testimony and I was just like, hold on a second. So, like, this salvation thing, because Ronnie Christian is the one that put it on. I don't know if you know him, but
0: it's
1: mm-hmm. like, dude, it's just so loyal and faithful to the Lord to this day. <laughs> he just goes to rodeos and preaches and prays God and just just a, a pillar of faith. Anyway, he got up and spoke too. And he was just like, yeah, man, he just gives the gospel, right? Uh, that, that Jesus died on the cross and, and, and got all this. And, and I remember. And, and, and him saying, "This is a free gift. Um, it's not him anything. This costing him everything." Yeah. And I remember thinking, "Well, first of all, why? is This, this is the first time I've ever heard this." <laughs> and second, of all what a great reaction. Why? What's the downside? I don't get it. Yeah. What's the catch? Three. Yeah. To me, it made common sense. Yeah. Like You wouldn't want this, right? So. <laughs> So anyway now since then uh, you know it's a lot more complex but anyway i'm going to that later but anyway i was just like i'm in so i gave my heart to jesus and i gotta tell you um i got born again and i gotta tell you something if you would have asked me the next day like, so you're saved you're born again like what are you saved from or whatever i i, I couldn't have told you yeah. i don't know Yeah. i have no biblical foundation or knowledge all i know is this i'm different than i was yesterday and i've never felt this clean in my life like I, I i literally was walking out something that i didn't even know that i had no grid for god it was beautiful man
0: what a great description of that first step though
1: Ah, oh, it's just like i listen it's a good thing that the bible says that whosoever believes Let it doesn't say whosoever understands yeah because i'd be out I'm, I'm out, bro. I, I didn't understand it. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's why he always talks about having childlike faith. Like, look, like, man, just believe it. I don't know. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. No. But, but anyway, so that set me on a path of. Uh, I got to tell you that the next year was way different. Looked way different for me, because what really looked different to me was was I really pursued Jesus. Like literally I pursued the heart of God and I didn't even know really what that took or, or what that looked like. I just knew I wanted to be different, man. God had called me to something different. And so it set me on a path of over the next few years, after about a year that I gave my heart to Jesus, after that first year, there was a few years that I didn't even go to a rodeo.
0: Not no only did
1: I quit riding, I didn't even attend them because I was in such pursuit of God that I knew I got to get away from some stuff I, <laughs> that yeah. wasn't that wasn't beneficial to me. You yeah, know? what it a just major transformation!
0: Yeah, and it's incredible it's how that, it just uh, it started with draw. Right. You didn't even know what you were chasing or
1: pursuing, but it was there and you had a feeling. That's right. And, That's it just right. and I really didn't, man. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't tell you. But um, I don't. Here's here's the beautiful thing about that, too. It, when people when people hear this and they think, well, I don't want to get I don't I don't necessarily. I feel like God's called me to this life and I am. I don't want to get away from it or whatever. I, I, well, here's here's the point I'm trying to make. Let let God be as unique with everyone as he is with you yeah and and just because i had to withdraw and stay away from that for a for a, a man for a few years it doesn't mean everyone has to that's true
0: because we all got our own journey and he's written our story in different ways and
1: yeah it's the beauty of it man yeah So unique that he loves us uniquely, and I love that. There's strength in it, right?
0: Because it's not there's not a sense of conformity to it. It's it. You're an individual asset that's serving his kingdom, and he's got a plan, and he's got power for you. And what's your journey, and your story, and your testimony is not mine, and shouldn't be mine, other than that we have Jesus in common.
1: Yeah, and it's I love that. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good way to put it. And it's so, and it's so personal. (laughs) Heck yeah. That's what makes it, that's what makes it so beautiful that it, that He loves us so personal. It's not some rigid, it's not some rigid um, uh, religion that if you live by these rules then you know God. Man, give me yep. a break. Yep. He's a person, man. Yeah, you know? we
0: did a um, uh, spring. We did a Bible study here at the local church, and we were going through the Book of Acts, and it's just crazy to look at how so much of so much of the Bible was written on like the letter of the law, right? You have to obey these laws, and it's a lot of the the Old Testament stuff, right? you got to obey these laws. There's these checks and balances. You have to accomplish these things. And it couldn't yeah. be further from the truth. Like the boat that we generally miss is it's not the letter of the law. It's not the words of the law. It's the spirit of the law, the intent of the law. Where are you really trying to make a difference? And it is that individual spirit in every single one of us that God's working on and changing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. And I've honestly, man, I've pursued God and I've man, I just fell in love with him and I fell in love with the Bible and I just dig into it and and I've you know, now since then that yes, I do have an eighth grade education, but since then I've I got my GED and I studied Ferrier Tech at at Sol Ross State University and I shot horses for twenty years. I mean, like so. There's a whole lot of other stuff I went to do, and I've also got a few semesters of Bible college. Um, just not really trying to get degrees or anything, but just trying to, just trying to dig in deeper to what I believe and I want to know what I believe and I want you know yeah. So in all my Bible, uh, whether it be formal training or just me digging into the Word, one thing I've realized is the Bible. Here's what the Bible is, man. Yeah, it's the Word of God. It's the inerrant, infallible Word of God. But what it really is, it's an it's an imitation to get to know the Author. Heck yeah, that's a great way to put it. Because here's what's real, man. The Pharisees knew the Scripture too. Yep, the letter so of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, no, that sent me on a path, man. I just I got away from rodeo for walks. I just pursued his heart. I just wanted to know him. I just wanted to know him. I just wanted to know him. To know him you know. I wanted to, uh, but anyway, it set me on a path for that, and I, I got away from rodeo. I end up getting back into it later, but uh, in a different uh, in a different way. I started roping steers and, and just, and then I'm still now involved in the bucking horse world, like like you know. But in 2016, we started the bucking horse registry, the HBA and, and uh, so now I'm now neck deep involved in the stock contractors and bucking horses and all that. And it's very cool, but. But all this has been a pursuit of the my life I'm telling you has been a pursuit uh, of God. I've been pursuing God since then, and it hasn't all been good. I'll just tell you it hasn't all it hadn't all been not only has it not been easy really there's been a lot of pain and heartache and all kind of stuff
0: and that's a that's a common route traveled I mean the easiest step is the first one. And yeah. and then after and, that it just peels back more and more questions and as soon as you get those questions answered it seems like exponentially it's grown and there's 10 times
1: more you know and that's yeah and without you know when he talks about having perseverance well how would we know we had that if we didn't have anything to persevere yeah, through
0: absolutely
1: yeah, you know. but anyway um so it led me to that I, I shot horses for 20 years i was in youth ministry i was uh Hired on at a church actually as their campus pastor, and we started this youth ministry. Probably had, I'm going to say forty on a regular basis on a Wednesday night. I had forty to fifty kids, and we started this campus ministry. And it would take me forever to explain it to you, but how we did it. But in in probably within about two three yeah no, yeah probably two years. Uh, we were running five to 600 kids a Wednesday night. Every Wednesday. Holy smokes. It literally grew to the largest youth ministry in our area, in our county. It was just the talk of the town. I mean, like, no kidding. It, it was just, God, it, was, it was really awesome. Not only was I running the youth ministry or the campus ministry, but I was also running the, whole, the, uh, the music. Yeah. Because I'm a musician. And so I was doing the music on Wednesday nights too. We ended up splitting it up to two services, the junior high and the senior high were separate, uh, because it just got so big. And but anyway, I was also around the music, um, scheduling all the music, playing in the van, all this. So that's 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 where being a musician comes into my story. Like I, like you know, I talk, you know, that I'm a musician. So Later, probably, I got out of youth ministry for reasons not. I don't even know that I want to go into other than to say I got divorced. There was no. It was not. I married my wife when I was 20. Uh huh. About like literally two or three months before I gave my heart to Jesus. And to say I wasn't the same after. 11 years of marriage than when we got married is an understatement. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. No, I didn't even resemble that man um, because he died, right? Yes, sir. He, he died. And so, and, and it was Christ in me. Everything changed. Well, um, I ended up getting divorced and, and it wasn't any like, you know, it wasn't like infidelity on my part. It wasn't anything like that. I won't go into the details because I don't want to uh, bring any shame on anybody. I just don't. Yeah. but but I'll just say that through that, I was wounded so bad that I, I got out of ministry. But not only that I left the church minute that I left that youth ministry, um, uh, my pastor didn't really want me to. He wanted me to just take some time off and heal and and because we were doing so well, and I was just like, now, you know I'm just not in the emotional state to minister to kids right now so I'm just gonna take some time off, and I just I just uh, step back from that now. I never lost my love for Jesus, man. Right? Yeah. I just didn't. Yeah. So I just kept shooting horses for a living, Um, but and and I still kept playing music in the church, and I kept pursuing the Lord. And I just there was a time there was a hurtful time in my life right there because I got to tell you there was a time I was so wounded that I just told God, you know, uh, I love you so much, and I wanted to spend my life. Doing ministry and doing anything you wanted me to do, but and 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 one thing I always ask that you keep my family together, and this is what happens. Wow, thanks, really, thanks a lot.
0: Yeah, it's which you know, it's it's it's
1: a. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's a reasonable human emotion. Yeah, and so I went from I went from the worst the worst thing in my life was my parents getting divorced when I was a kid to no. This is worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cool. Man, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But anyway, God healed me. I have a brand new wife. Then, after that, I got remarried. And now she and I have been married for 20 years. I mean, That's awesome. I've got a great family, great life. Uh, from there, I went, uh, I was just shoeing horses. I knew God had called me to do other things. But I just didn't know what, right? So I'm shooing horses, and I'm shooing for the—I ended up I, I, on—every Wednesday, every every week, I would shoe at the same vet clinic.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I ended up working on this horse, this uh a lameness for a guy that was a pastor of a cowboy church. And I was shooing this horse, and he was, he was telling me his story, and how the church was going on this, and this is pretty large church. I won't even tell you who it is, because you, you probably know him, but it's a big <laughs> Catholic church. But anyway, he's like, you know, man, we're looking, actually, we're looking for a youth pastor. While I'm shooting this horse, he's telling me, something. I'm like, wow, Hold on here. That sounds like a pretty good fit. Yeah. So I said, really? And he goes, yeah. And by then, I'd already had, you know, I'd, I'd had enough formal training, I guess, or whatever. But anyway, he, he asked me, man, hey, give me your resume. I'd like to take it for the we're going to pray about it and all this. And I was like, okay. And then, and then I'm thinking, I never fill out a resume in my life. I, yeah. either, I don't know how to do that. You know, <laughs> like, what does that mean? But anyway, I ended up getting something put together. And, and so one day I'm, I'm at my play. I'm at my ranch here where I live. And I, and I was like praying because I, I well, that morning I was reading in Mark. I believe it's five or six. I have to look where, where Jesus cast out the demon of, the, uh, of this demon-possessed dude, right? And then you, you can read the story, but he's, after after he casts out this demon, this dude's in his right mind, and then Jesus gets in this boat and is leaving, and the dude wanted to go with Jesus. He's like, I want to get in the boat with you, and he's like, no, 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 you can't get in the boat with me and, and all this, and he sends you to the capitalist, which means 10 cities anyway. I read that, and I go, well, that really doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but whatever, you know, yeah. I mean, how many times do we read the Bible and go, what does this mean, right? Oh, I couldn't even tell
0: you how many times I've read it. It don't make no sense. And then, you know, sometime passes months, yeah. years later, and you're like,
1: that's what that was. That's what that was. And I'll tell you what that meant to me. So I read that that morning because I had some shooting clients uh, canceled that day. So I didn't, have, I took my kids to school. I didn't have anything to do. I was reading that. And I start walking around the ranch and just praying. And I'm like, I knew I was in this transition area. I knew I was in this period, this chapter of life. that, you know, man, my, my spirit was being stirred. I knew God was doing something different. And whenever we feel that, that's real, man. Yes, or, sir. Or whenever I do. I just knew that everything was about to change. And so I was just praying. I said, God, I can take you to the spot in my creek. I have a creek that runs across my place. I can take you to the very spot I was standing in. Whenever I said, God, I know you're my father and that you have something else for me. And I'll just tell you right now, the answer is yes. If you'll just let me know what it is, I'll do it. Really? I promise you, I'll do it. You you tell me what it is, and as clear as I've ever heard God speak to me, He spoke to me and said, you'll get a phone call today, and that's as clear as I can make it. And i No kidding. My heart just leaping. I remember thinking, I'm going to get, a, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh.
0: I'd be sitting there staring at the phone. I'm like, oh.
1: <laughs> so I went back up to my house and I was like welding or something around the ranch. And I was just like, I kept looking at my phone, like, sing on? Come on. What's going on here, man? You know, and then, and then I'll tell you, Jason, there was a couple times that I almost, I almost called that pastor. No to kidding. See, hey, glad you look at my resume. You yeah, know? you called me I like, today. To Alma, I was like, no, 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 no. I know I heard his voice. Yeah, get out of the way. I know I heard his voice, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna wait. And another couple of hours goes by, or whatever. And all of a sudden, my phone rings, and I look down, and it's a number that I don't know. And so, again, my heart leap. Do you remember whenever? uh Elizabeth came in and she was carrying John the Baptist Mm -hmm. and and then Mary came in remember she said her baby leaked yeah yeah. okay that's the way that's the kind of jumping you were going my baby leaked right I was like oh man this is it this phone call yeah it man so I answer the phone and it's a lady and she goes hey Steve you got a minute I said absolutely because then I'm I don't even I know this is it right and she goes, Hey, this is um this is Melinda Donahue. That's Casey Donahue's wife, right? Well, I'd known them from I she was horses and we rope together and stuff, but I've known Casey since before he really played music for a living. Uh-huh. And he knew I was a musician. You know, from playing in the church and all yeah. that. We were friends and all that. She goes, This is Melinda and she and she we start talking and she starts telling me just uh, just about some stuff in her life, and we're just talking through that. And she goes, "But hey, in the band, the band's doing this and that, and we're getting busy, and we're doing this." And she goes, um, "Would you be willing to come play bass for us?" Well, I already told God, "Yes, whatever this was."
0: They're like, "Great,
1: great, great, I great." See, now I got to be say, a man yes, of my sure. word. <laughs> yep, I said, "Yep, sure will." When when does the bus leave? You know, when does it rolled? leave? You bet. Yeah, I do. I will. And so we talked a little while longer and hung up. And le- dude, my baby was leaping, right?
0: Yeah, heck I, yeah. I,
1: I called my wife. I go, I had no idea that this was coming.
0: Yeah, how's, thought, that, how's that for a resume?
1: I thought I was going to get a, a youth pastor gig, right? Yeah. So I was so pumped about that. I went in this van, blah, blah, blah. And I went back in. I went back in. I called my wife and I went back in the house and I started reading again that very same story. You know what God showed me? just like this demon, because that guy, he just wanted to get in this boat. But Jesus, that you just wanted to get back. You just wanted to go work at that church. He as, as just wanted to get back in that little boat. But God said, but but God told me, Man, I got something else for you.
0: Hold on one second. I got something for you.
1: I got something for you. And here's what God showed me, that if you can, if you went to some, let's just say God called you to some uh, missionary to some Muslim country. And dude, I'm not minimizing any of that. Cause dude, that's an absolute, Ridiculous calling! It's yeah, it's awesome. pretty righteous. But if I would have got up and said, "I'm going to I'm going to this Muslim country, and I'm going to whatever, and I'm going to spread the gospel of Jesus," and, and they would cheer you on and probably give you money. I'm yeah. just telling. You. Yeah. But God showed me, you know what? The enemy's got a camp set up here, and no, and the church doesn't embrace anybody going into it.
0: It's crazy because we talked about Jr. and I uh, started doing a, a faith-based series, White Horse Ramuda, and that was one of the conversations that we had: is how often do we put God in a box? And, um, and, and surely
1: that, God wouldn't call me to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: you talk about that whole, you know, ministry in a Muslim country thing. Like we would put God in a box, saying, "Man, that is righteous. That's an incredible thing." Yet God yeah. says, "Hold on, one second, dude. Grab your bass guitar. I got something for you.
1: I got something for you. Yeah, and, and most so people I, would I, I overlook like, it." Holy cow, man! So I did it, man. I went in this band, and, and and was it what I thought, or or was it what I was thinking would happen? Because I'm thinking he's going to see me in the bars and, and venues all over the all over the country and all this. Like, yeah, but that's really not even it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. it was number. It was a couple things. First of all, if I, a son of God, don't occupy this position, somebody does. So why not? Why not a son of the Most High God occupy this position? Right? And not only that, the ministry I got to do really ended up not even being in those clubs, dude. I was stuck on a bus with eleven or twelve dudes, and it was for hours huh? for days on end. I literally got and and they and they'll tell you, and I didn't preach to anybody. I just did. not That's not my style. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. But what I got to do is live the life that God's given me in front of them. That's it. Create that draw. I just like, and I can't tell you how many guys that probably were doing things that they shouldn't be doing that were like, don't tell Steve, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they knew, but I wasn't, I didn't condemn anybody.
0: It's not your job.
1: It's not my job. But I also can't tell you how many of them came to me one-on-one and said, hey, man, Man, my, my mom's going through this or my wife or whatever. Hey, man, can you pray for my wife? Can you pray for whatever? I'm like, yeah, man. You know. So it was this beautiful ministry that I got to do. that No one saw, which yeah. is awesome.
0: Man, I can <laughs> I can totally relate because obviously when I was in law enforcement, there's a little bit of a separation between church and state, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I had guys, when I was back in investigations, they would come by my desk all the time, all the time. Hey, can we go grab a cup of coffee? Hey, can we go out to eat? You know, and it wasn't—it yeah. wasn't a friendly invitation because they wanted me to sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee with them. They had some things that they wanted to hash out and for whatever reason. Uh, mm-hmm. God put me in front of them and as the messenger to try to convey some things. But uh, never once wow. did you think that you could minister out of a police department, and lo and behold, the opportunities just kept presenting themselves once, one after another, after another. And you try mm-hmm. to be as studious yeah. as you can, right, in it, but. It was a total light bulb moment for me because here we are—that you know,
1: yeah, those words
0: aren't spoken in these walls type of scenario yet. Man, they found a way every single
1: time. Yeah, and then that's just like what I was talking about earlier about carrying the spirit of God. Listen, that's what we have to do. I believe that's what—it's so important that we just we walk in His spirit. We we're literally walking in His light. That we carry His spirit such a way, other people are like i don't know what you got but i want it but you know, I want it's that. not it, it's not us i'm telling you it's nope. jesus man nope. we've been stewards and of an opportunity it, it, it is and so it didn't look like i thought it was going to look in this band it, it turned out to be something way different beautiful nonetheless right yes sir. so i was i spent 17 years in that band. no kidding and i got to see this i got to see this country from coast to coast man i'm like almost every state <sighs> we played i played Red Rocks in Colorado. Played it three times. Got to play I've been to I've been to three presidential inaugurations. Holy smokes. And I've gotten to meet I've gotten to just be calm. I've gotten to do such cool stuff in my life. And again, eighth grade education, don't yes, tell sir. me that don't tell me God can't do it. I'm telling you, whenever yeah. you pursue the father, you ain't gonna be sorry, man. Not in the slightest. Not, Not in ever. the slightest. Yeah. And so what i'll tell you something that just happened recently which is a cool so whenever i whenever i first whenever god first told me that i'm going to this man let me just tell you whenever god calls you to do something don't expect other people to understand it or embrace
0: it heck you might not even understand it yourself
1: yeah and i I didn't really understand the details but i'll tell you i'm I'm telling the, the guys i used to do ministry with i'm like check this out man god told me this and and, and now I'm gonna go do this, and I remember just them looking at me like whatever, sideways. Whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah. bro. And gotcha. you know what? I, but I, but I, but I've learned so much through that. Like, listen, when God calls you to do something, it's not their calling; it's yours.
0: Yeah, there's a reason they don't understand. A,
1: there's a, they're not gonna understand it. They're not. It's that's okay, man. Man, I and love that's that. Okay. So anyway, I. So here about. Let me think. Right. Probably three months ago, maybe two months ago. Well, back up. Okay, so every morning on the bus, right? Since my my biological clock is not the same as most musicians because I've shot horses for a living and done it, Like I get up early in the morning. Yes, sir. I still do this day. I just do, well, nobody on that bus. No. <laughs> I mean, they just didn't. But I would get up every morning, and it was cool because I could be by myself I'd always sit in the front lounge of the bus and read my Bible and pray and just like get my day going. Well, we're rolling at that time because whenever you get done playing music at night, I would just go to bed. Well, it's hours later before our crew gets the bu- the trailer loaded. Yes, sir. And so the way that, that works is whenever you get to a town that you're playing in, your bus driver goes to the hotel like you don't see him until those guys hardly ever see him. Really? Because he sleeps during the day.
0: Yeah. And then it's the
1: loaded at night. An Uber brings him to the bus and we re roll, right? Yeah. So, a lot of people, but, So except for me, I'm up in the mornings reading. Right? So, when I get done reading my Bible, I always go up there and sit in the jump seat, that little seat next yep. to the bus driver. Okay. Well, I, I got to know all the bus drivers. That we had because turnover crazy in the music world. Oh, I can only imagine. Even with crew members and yeah. guitar players and everything, it's constantly people in and out of the, of the camp, right? Oh, constantly. So I always get to know the bus drivers up there and tell me your story, man. Tell me where you're from. Tell me, like right? you know, all this. Well, six years after I started playing that band, we get we were needing this bus. We were needing a bus driver, so we go on the look or the. the management does, I don't, Well, they get another bus driver, he's just going to come temporary and fill in for a while, whatever, cool so I sat up in the front of the bus with this dude, how you doing man, like tell me your story this dude has the wildest life ever, came from an orphanage in Ireland and then it's just this crazy cool story but he's like, he's driven, he's driven so many people from Snoop Dogg to Kid Rock and just he's just driven all these people and and he's, I mean, been to rehab for cocaine and just <laughs> crazy, crazy life. Right? Yeah. And I'm just going, wow, man, you know, that's crazy. And I so I tell him my story because he asked, right? Yes, sir. And so I would never preach to anybody. I just told him, dude, Jesus wrecked me, bro. And like I've never been the same and, and all this. And he's just like, what the heck, man? And so we got to be really good friends. I, I got to be friends with all of them. But I got to be really good friends with him. Yeah. He lived in Canada. And I'll just tell you that since then, he lives he lives 20 minutes from me now. No way. And his wife. But he lives here now. And he quit driving for us a few years into it. He didn't even stay with us. I stayed in the band after we got new bus driving. Yep. But I got to see that dude give his life to Jesus. And oh, man. Holy smokes. Talking about radically changed. And and I'll tell you something beautiful. About two months ago, in my creek right behind my house, I got to baptize him.
0: Holy Even smokes.
1: was literally 50 feet from where I was standing when God told me, you're going to get a phone call.
0: So here's the crazy thing that I think about my experience because of the volume of people that I've come across working in the 911 businesses and all this crazy experience that God stacks in your resume but he could be so intentional with your actions and your intent and your mission that you walked that journey Steve you walked every single stride that you walked to baptize that man to bring that man to Jesus like we don't know if that's the answer but isn't it crazy to think that he is that intentional His purpose and his action, his mission that he could prepare you with all that wild experience. Right. I'm talking about the turmoil of your family. I'm talking about the tough career of horses, right? Life on the road, playing music to save a bus driver.
1: Like, yeah, dude, it is the craziest thing. Wild man. And I'm just like, I told him that when I baptized him, I just said, after I baptized him, I said, standing right over there is where God told me. So let, that I was going to go in the spam. Here, here's the thing, man. There's people that are probably listening to this that are going, man. They, they might feel like God's calling them something, so call, calling them. But they think, but it's so crazy. There's no way that can be God. Can I tell you something? Yeah, it is. Heck yeah. Yeah, man. Go at it, dude. Don't try to get the approval of man. No, not in the slightest, dude. If I would have, if I would have sought some kind of counsel and well, i gotta get the approval of man on this calling i've never ever done there's nobody that would have said dude i really think you should go do that
0: yeah i mean really i think lived god's
1: it. calling you to do that
0: i lived you it know? gave up the stability of law enforcement because god called me to use horses to help human beings yeah like you there put you that go. on paper and i'm an idiot that's right but that's god right. i tell people god and hard work have never failed me a day in their in my life so why would it start now
1: He's not gonna bring you this far in bail. He's too yeah. he's too good. He's too hey, good.
0: Hey, he's man. too
1: faithful. You know? And so anyway, that I got to baptize him a few months ago and and uh it's a beautiful thing. And just just in the last few weeks, which is crazy, that dude has found somehow his biological family in Ireland. No way. And he's gonna fly to Ireland and all this. And and the whole time he's telling me this, he's just like God's just got to be smiling about this. I go, man, dude, he's got such a plan for you and a purpose for you. It's just incredible. I mean, like, it's just beautiful. And I don't know, man. The the cool thing about the life I've got to live is I just get a front row seat to see God just – redeem people and i'm just humbled by the fact that i get to i get to see this dude
0: i was thinking it's that evil. as as you're describing it i was thinking that how how blessed are you to have the ability oh. to see him work because there were many chapters in my life i think in reflection where i flat missed the boat god was working and god was working hard and i
1: flat did not see it yeah yeah no, no. i don't Oh, how life's full of that we, we just don't like to tell those stories yeah <laughs> <laughs> the off air <So>, stories, right? <laughs> really good that. Uh-huh. But yeah. So that guy though, so since then I'll just tell you a real quick story about him. And tell me this isn't beautiful. So like in twenty twenty, whenever the which I quit playing in twenty twenty. Um, real quick I'll go into that in two thousand nineteen. I'd always I'd always uh spit I'd always make a point to spend time with I spend time with God every day, right? I so saw like I I commune with the Father all the time, but I always set aside a particular time in January. We play music fest in Steamboat Springs first. Of the oh yeah, ever. yeah. And so and so everyone ski and all that. And I'd always go, no, that's my time to sit down with my journal, my Bible. And go, okay, God, what's the, what's the theme? What's the direction for this year? Give me a fresh word. Give me and He always would. Like, and so that would be my year. I would. It would set up my year. And so in 2019, coming to a close, or whenever this year would be coming to a close, I always think, oh man, I'm starting to feel this one phrase God just dropping on me. I know this is going to be the thing for next year. I always kind of feel some sort of direction for the next year. But in 19, I wasn't. And I've been in the band for a long time, but I'm like, Man, I wonder what this is all about. Like, I didn't even tell my wife. Like, God, God's just not really giving me anything for next year. I just wonder what's going on. And so I had I, I kept praying and reading Scripture and just seeking his heart. And then one day, I can literally tell, I think it was in November, October or November of 19, I wrote in my journal, I can still go back and look, where God told me that morning, it's time to change your wineskins. Uh, I'm gonna pour out a new wine. You ain't gonna sit in these old wine skins. And I knew I couldn't explain it, but I knew that meant everything's about to change. Yeah, we're gonna go a different direction. Yeah, everything's we're going different direction. And listen, that's okay, right? Heck yeah. You know, sometimes that freaks us out to change. But I was like, so in October or no, maybe in November, I told Casey, "Hey, I'm gonna play with you through January because that gives you a few months to find another base." Find somebody, better. yeah. Yeah, the guy's moving me somewhere else. Of course, he was like, "Whoa!" He thought we would be together forever, and me too, really. So I was yeah. like, "Yeah, So anyway, come January, the end of January, I played my last show with him at Billy box Sold out show was a cool show. And it was no kidding. Last, my last show. But so way to go but out. So check. So check this out. That was the end of January, twenty twenty. We'd never even heard of COVID. Yeah right within yep. two months there is absolutely zero entertainment
0: the world is shut down
1: it's shut down and i was like that was just another stamp of approval if you will or a little god wink of him going see i i, I, I got gotcha. you i got you there ain't inter- any entertainment anyway man that is crazy <laughs> so, but i will say this when i stepped out of that I stepped out of that because he told me to, because he told me, change your wineskins, it's time to step out, okay? Jason, I didn't have a plan. Because let me tell you something, if you if you insist on having a plan, how, how much faith does that require?
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right, you started injecting so yourself.
1: I, so I was just like, you know what? Huh. I don't know what this looks like, but I'm out. No kidding. And and, and my wife is like, yeah, man, just listen to God. One thing about it, God's blessed me with a life that lets me hear God and act on it.
0: That is cool. And she's
1: like, I'm in. Whatever that means. Yeah, i mean, Yeah. So anyway, I step out with no plan at that time, and so through 2020, we had church here at my house uh, because you no, know, because there was a few weeks that I don't know they were I don't know our country spun out of control, lost its mind. But anyway, we would. Watch it online, but we had a deal at our church where we we'd put a sign in our yard that said, "If you need food, call this number." Remember, people weren't working, man. The yeah. Grocery stores were and yeah. There's people destitute. Uh, so anyway, because we have a huge food food bank at our church, so we're like, "If you need food, call this number," and everyone put them in their yards or right? everyone that wanted to, to to take food to people. Well, I can't do it here. I live on. I live. First of all, I'm way down. I, it takes a minute to get down to the gate. little, so anyway, little outside I, I, of town. I, 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 on. <laughs> so, but one of the guys that were coming to church here with with us was that bus driver. And he was like, so he calls me one day and he goes, hey, man, I just want to let you know, because he lives in town. He goes, I got one of those signs, so you stay by your phone in case somebody calls me. I'm like, what, what are you scared of? Yeah. He's like, well, I mean, if they ask me something I don't I can't answer, I said, dude, you're not teaching theology. You're feeding
0: people. Yeah, you're helping hand out food.
1: But, but just get, it's fine. So I'm just giving him a hard time. I'm like, hey man, you, of course I'll be by the phone, but I'm just telling you, you're gonna be fine. is it, it, it like us? We think we're so unqualified, and that's what qualifies us.
0: Man, I've struggled with that for a lot of years. That that's what
1: qualifies you. I gotta tell you, doing what I do right now, we get into that here a minute. But like, you think I should qualify for this? <laughs> no way.
0: Thanks again for joining us here on Let Freedom Reign podcast. If you're looking to grow in the areas of leadership, self-mastery, and discipleship, please visit day6ranch.com to see all we have to offer in the form of free content, podcasts, and material related to building a legacy-worthy lifestyle.